Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to our midweek Bible study. I am so happy to be with you all on this evening. Um, we're going to jump right into here and jump into some word. Amen. Um, I make sure that you do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and share this on Facebook. Share this with somebody. Share this with at least five people real quick. Um, we got an awesome, uh, a great deal of scripture to get into tonight. Um, also, awesome topic that we're dealing with on this evening, but I want you all to be prepared and have your hearts prepared and your minds prepared. Um, once again, do me a favor, uh, share this on your page. Um, we're going to get started in a second. I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Um, we are not in the church on this evening, but we will be back at, we'll be back in service on, uh, we'll be back in service for Bible study on next Thursday, amen. You're more than welcome to join us at 7842 Parston Drive in Forestville, Maryland. Um, Bible study begins at 730. Uh, we have had an awesome couple of weeks in Bible study last week. I got so many comments dealing with uh, when we were talking about the truth and um, why is it wrong to not live, to live in your truth. Um, that statement or live by that statement I'm living in my truth um, we dealt with a lot with that and then if you were with us on Sunday <clears throat> I shared with everybody that God is transitioning our ministry from ministry as normal um, not just doing ministry and operating ministry um, as a normal church uh, and God is beginning to shift us into the prophetic and so this week, I want to deal with some things when it comes to dealing with the prophetic um, and how God is structuring us and sending us forward, sending us as disciples, um, how he's gathering people um, to connect with liberty, to be a part of liberty. But I really want to deal with that because a lot of times when you hear the word prophetic, a lot of times people just think that that's um, the foretelling of knowledge um, that God has been revealing, the foretelling of things about your life, the foretelling about um, uh, about what's coming in the future. But uh, the word of prophecy is God's word, period. It's God's word um, in a right season. It's spoken at a right time. It's spoken um, in the right uh, uh, in the right environment. And it transforms and it's transformational. Um, prophetic word is always transformational. It's not just about prophecy. I mean, it's not just about um, prosperity. Um, it deals with health. It deals with your soul. It deals with your mind. It deals with your spirit. Um, we've been, we started off a couple of weeks ago in this series, um, Monster and Me. And even in that, when we were talking about anger and um, how to get rid of anger and how to deal with anger, um, those words were prophetic um, because it was dealing with a lot of things that you're dealing with internally. Um, you know, a lot of times when when um, a pastor preaches and the, those people come to him after the service and say, Pastor, um, you were talking directly to me. Um, Pastor, you you must have known what I was dealing with this week. That's because the revelation of the word, um, when, when, when God calls a pastor to release the word um, or the prophet of the house to release a word, um, that it, it hits right then and right and for a circumstance and a season and for right then. Amen. So I wanted us to deal with some more scripture. <clears throat> and I love this scripture. And um, if you have your Bibles first, I want you to see Titus 3 and 3, because like I said, we were supposed to deal with envy uh, on last Sunday, but um, I need you to see how the enemy plays on us. So if you open up your Bibles real quick to Titus, um, the third chapter, let's make our Bible declarations. If you have your Bible, cell phones, whatever you may have, um, uh, tablets, computers, whatever you may have, just touch it or lift it up real quick and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of, a living, of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you turn to Titus 3 and 3, I want you to see this word envy real quick. Because in the content of this, I need you to see how we're going to move forward and deal with how the enemy 
will try to distort, the enemy will try to steal, the enemy will try to mimic the things of God, even when it comes to prophecy. Um, there with those soothsayers and fortune tellers and, and, and mystics and all of these things. The Bible constantly shows us these people throughout scripture. Um, and it never went away just because uh, we don't write about it, just because we don't talk about it. There are still witches. There are still warlocks. There are still soothsayers. There are still fortune tellers um, that, that play an active role in advancing Satan's agenda and Satan's plan. And why do they do that? Because they're, because the enemy of this world, the prince of this world, Satan, he mimics, he tries to mimic everything of God. And, and, and one of those things, because he's envious of God. He's envious. The Bible says that he wanted to exalt himself above God. He didn't want to get rid of God. He wanted to exalt himself above God. And so now, if we look at scripture, we can find this word envy in Titus, again, Titus, the third chapter, looking at the third verse. And it says this, um, for we ourselves were once foolish, talking, this was, this was uh, uh, the Apostle Paul talking to Titus, and he was establishing this, that we were once ourselves foolish, um, disobedient, led astray, Slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and what? Envy. Hated by others and hated one another. Uh, we hated one another. We were hated by others. We were envious because we were born into sin, shaped into iniquity. Um, the ruler of this world, the, the prince of this world had dominion. So in him, he began to foster us, uh, foster and begin to, uh, to, to, to put in our spirits a spirit of envy. What do we envy? We envy, even in the church, we envy gifts, we envy platforms, we envy agendas, we envy anointings, we envy how much this church receives an offering, we envy how, an, how many ministers are on that staff, we envy uh, the programs that this church has or this or that church has, we envy the impact a certain church has on the community. Um, we envy so many things, and, and, and yet and still, God gives us our own lane, our own race to run, where we have to stop being so envious of others and focus on what God has given us, and focus on the fact that, yes, we may think we should have arrived by now, but God has an appointed place, an appointed time for you, and your arrival may not be the same thing as someone else. Someone else, your anointing may not be the same thing or produce the same thing someone else does. Your gifting may attract a whole different genre of people than what you're envious of. Amen. God may call you to deliver five or six people and you have to have the same mindset. Um, God may use you to deliver five or six people. Let me not say cause you to deliver, but use you to deliver five or six or cause deliverance for five or six people. And that may be your million people that God has called that God has called you to. Because if you deliver those five, you don't know who God has called out of those five to speak to millions. You don't know who God has called out of those ten to heal sick. Uh, but because we get so envious, we miss the mark of what God is calling us to do right now. Then when it comes to the realm of prophetic and prophecy, uh, we, we often want to emulate those who give prophecies of uh, prosperity, those who give prophecies of happiness, those who give always give prophecies of uh, everything's going to be all right. But God says in his word that, no, I will send you to a region where what I speak to you and what I say to you is going to make the, the people that I call you to speak to uh, stone you. Um, they're going to they're going to spit on you. They're going to call you everything but a child of God. But as you move and operate in the prophetic, you have to be willing to go to this place and not be envious of those that I've sent to other regions. 
Because you have to believe that if God sent you there, he's prepared you for it. He's anointed you for that season. He's anointed you for that place. He's strengthened you to go into that region. He's strengthened you with everything that you need, the provisions to be effective, uh, uh, an effective soul winner, an effective kingdom builder. But I want you to look at scripture with me on this evening. Uh, I, it's a lot of scripture in Jeremiah. We, we're we're going to begin to look at the prophets here at Liberty. We're going to begin to study the prophets out more and more in their lives and their assignments and what God has called them to do. So we can see this place that God has called us into. Uh, I know everybody knows of the Daniels and everybody knows of uh, the Jeremiah's and Elijah's and Isaiah's. But there are prophets in the Bible that the only reason they're considered minor prophets is because the body of work that the Bible records, not the impact that they had on the world, not the impact that they had on a region. And God is calling up his prophets and, and he's beginning to prophesy to us about what's coming. Um, and, and I said Sunday that the Bible declares that in the uh, last days that I'll pour out my spirit and old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions. God is in the business. God is beginning to operate and function of that. There's also scripture in the Old Testament that said the men of Issachar were men that knew the season and the times. They were prophetic because God was releasing into them what was taking place right there and how to handle the season and the times that they were in. We see Joseph who was prophetic. We see Elijah and Elisha. We see, the, we see the prophets of God and how they continue to operate. And I said on Sunday, and I'm getting ready to get into scripture, I said on Sunday that, uh, that prophets and, the pro and those that God has given a prophetic gift to are generally those who are set apart. They don't travel with a bunch of people. They don't, uh, they, they don't fit in with a bunch of people. It's like a sore thumb trying to hide itself. It's like that, uh, 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 it, it's like that person who wants to be a part of a group, but they know they have no attachment to the group. And I'm, uh, I'm speaking to someone right now that you've been struggling because you've been trying to fit in and God, you've been constantly trying to fit in and God is constantly saying, no, why, why are you trying to fit in with what you're not? When are you going to become who you're going to be, who I called you to become? And that can even be in ministry. That can even, that can be in your workplace. That can be in the business that you've been trying to start. When God has been constantly telling you to be something else, but you, you, you're putting your hands to something that is giving out fruits, how uh, results. Amen. And so now I want us to look at scripture because I don't want us to live in a place of envy anymore. I don't want I want us to know that the, the, the envy has to be uh, rebuked and the enemy has to be put away and sent back to the father, which of who it belongs to. And so now let, let's look at some scripture because I want to deal with Jeremiah. Because I want you to see how God used Jeremiah. We talked about Jeremiah on Sunday a little bit. But I want you to see this. In, uh, in, in Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, looking at the 16th through the 40th verse, I'm going to try to go through this piece by piece. But I want you to see this first verse. It said, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not what? Listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. Do you see that? They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. So at this moment, we see Jeremiah and God has used Jeremiah and he's speaking to the nation. Um, they are, they've already been in exile, but he's using Jeremiah to speak. And the people had all been, already been so used to someone coming to them and constantly telling them all the great things, constantly telling them uh, as we get ready to dive more into it, that everything's going to be all right, that, that, that don't worry about it. God is still pleased. God is still, uh, uh, God is still going to give you certain things. Don't don't worry about it. But yet and still, we see God at this moment says, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart. 
not from the mouth of the Lord. Why would God say this? Uh, because they were coming. They said they were coming in God's name. They said they were coming in the name of the Lord with this word. But this word was only done to emotionally push the people. Amen. And too often do we see prophetic word, do we see prophetic utterance that's only there to emotionally drive us. Yeah, the, the, that, that is only there to emotionally stir up something on the inside of us. Everybody has money issues. Everybody has certain issues. Everybody goes through certain things. But the true prophets of God are speaking into that experience that you're having. It's speaking into that relationship that you're having that's void of God. That's not just about a blessing, but it's about building a relationship with God. It's about knowing God for yourself, knowing the power of God, knowing that we the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, knowing that we have to set aside our place and seek a place of righteousness, a place of holiness, that we're to be in this world, but not of this world. That God said, asking you shall receive, but understanding that we receive based upon the nature of our hearts. And knowing that God examines our hearts, that our hearts have to be, have, cannot operate or live in a place of selfishness in order to be who God called us to be. Yeah, that's verse number 16. Verse number 17 says this. They continuously say, I want you to see that. They continually say to those who despise me. Though the, the, see, th this is a major place right here. The, he said they continually say to those who dis despise me. The, what he's saying is the prophets were speaking to those who did not have a relationship or want a relationship with God. But the prophets were constantly going to them and saying to them, get this, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. Well, that would mean that if I live in sin, the, the, the prophet of God, when he comes and, 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 and he speaks, these prophets were coming to that sinner and saying that you shall have peace without repentance. Peace without asking God for forgiveness. Peace without being uh, or living a life that's pleasing to God. They were coming, they were going to this region and going to those who worship false gods, those who practice false religions, those who were on both sides of the fence, those who had abandoned God, abandoned his commandments, abandoned his word, but yet and still they were saying, you shall have peace. This is just like I said last week, when, when, when we use that statement, I'm living in my own truth. But what is your truth based on? Is your truth based on your own perception? Is it your truth based upon the way you think your life should be? Or is your truth based upon God's truth? Is it based upon God's precepts? Is it based upon what God has called you into? Are you forsaking all others? Are you coming into a relationship and understanding what the purpose of being a kingdom citizen is or the purpose of being a child of God? Again, it said the Lord has said, this is what the false prophets were saying, you shall have peace and to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart. What did I say last week? That it's wrong for us to simply say I'm living in my own truth. Why? Because the Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life. So if I'm operating based upon how my heart feels and my heart is not connected to God, my heart is not operating or being sold out totally for God, uh, uh, then he says this, to, and to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. So basically what the prophets were saying was, do whatever you want to do. Live how you want to live. If your heart says it, 
do it. That sounds like what we hear every day in the media. It sounds like what we hear every day in society, that as Christians, we can't have an opinion. We can't have a, 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 a conscience. We can't have morals. We have to accept everything and accept everyone. And I'm not telling you not to love everyone because we operate and function in love, but everybody is, the, it, the, the scripture tells us, those that are simply uh, walking by the dictates of their own heart, that means good or bad, uh, the prophets are saying to them, no evil shall come upon them. So that's why you can have a church that, or, or, or somebody who said, well, pastor so-and-so told, told me I was fine. Uh, pastors or, or, or this person told me I could do this. This church told me I could do that. And none and, and yet and still, when we're trying to teach righteousness and holiness, when we're trying to teach kingdom living, when we're trying to teach what the word of God says and the prophets of God, the prophetic utterance of God is coming upon and it's dealing with people and their situations, we're running into what the enemy's tactics are that we have not begun to fight and war against because the Bible declares the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of the strongholds. As, pro as prophetic people, we have to identify the strongholds in the lives of other people. Amen? We got to begin to, let, let me first say this, we got to even identify first and foremost the strongholds in our life and be willing to be corrected when we're dealing with our own strongholds. I, I, I know this may have caused me to lose about 10 people, but I need you all to get this. I, I, I'm challenging you to, you to share this with somebody. Somebody needs to hear that the wages of sin is death. Not, not, not constantly preaching gloom and doom because God is an amazing God. God is a loving God. God is a powerful God. God can change any circumstance, any situation, any experience you go through. He can change it around. But first, you got to be willing to allow him to change it around. You got to be willing to submit yourself to him to change it around. You cannot keep holding on to your own sins or the dictates of your own heart and simply thinking that you're living a blessed life. Amen? Yeah, let, let, let's keep going. Um, verse number 18. Listen, it says this, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? I, I'm going to read that again. It said, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it. Are we hearing the voice of God? Are not, not just an emotional experience, but are we getting quiet? Are we reading his word and listening for God's voice? That voice that's on the inside. I can't tell you how it sounds because the way it sounds to you may not be the way it sounds to me, but it's a, it's a voice that will, it, first of all, it's a calming and soothing voice, but it's also a voice that will correct. It's a voice that will reveal. It's a voice that will, uh, it will chastise us because the Bible said God chastises those he loves. It's a voice that when we're in sin will, make, will, will, will press on us to get up and come out of sin if we allow it to. It doesn't agree with everything that we do. We got to stop teaching that God agrees with everything that we do. Prophets of God prophetic people of God, evangelists, pastors, teachers, whoever you may be, we got to begin to speak the word of God in season and out of season. How do we speak the word of God? We have to know the word of God. We have to have the right relationship with God. We have to be in communion with God. We have to teach what the word says and not be afraid of the stone faces. Yeah. Uh, it, it, verse number 
19 says this, Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury. You hear that? A whirlwind of the Lord. That means the Holy Spirit. That means he's setting the atmosphere. That means it's gone forth with a vengeance, a violent whirlwind. That's what the Bible says. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. I need to go back two verses because I need you to see the difference. The, it, it said this in verse number 17. What does it say at the second part? And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. But what does it say two verses now? It said a violent whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. Verse number 20 said the anger of the Lord will not turn back until what? Until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. That's a place I never want to experience. He said he will execute. Uh, he said he will not turn back. He won't turn back from what? Allowing his fury, allowing things to take place to not to punish us, but to get us to come back to him. He said he will not turn back until he executes and performs the thoughts of his heart. We always say uh, 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 his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. That's a good place. His ways are not our ways. We can't make God move the way we want him to move. He's going to be God. And because he is God, he's not bound by what you think. He's not bound by what you say. He operates the way he sees fit. He blesses whom he blesses. He curses him whom he curses. He's a, he allows those to go through with, uh, go through things that he sees fit to allow them to go through. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying this for real. And he executes and performs the thoughts of his hearts. It says what? In the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. You may not understand it when, when, when you first come into the body of Christ. Because when you first come into the body of Christ, you're, 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 it's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful transition. But there are times where God has to, in love, has to convict us. And love has to show a righteous anger with us. Why? Because he wants us to operate better. He does not want us to fall over to a reprobate mind. He does not want us to live uh, 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 with a form of godliness. He wants us to operate in righteousness and holiness. That does not mean you have to be, that you, you're going to miss experiences of excitement, of joy, of pleasure. It does not mean that you're absent of that. What it does mean is that there is a different operating manual, a standard of operation, a SOP, a standard of procedure, operating procedures that God has for us. We cannot walk like the world walks. We cannot talk like the world talks. We cannot expect to do whatever we want to do and still be pleasing to God. It says, in the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. Verse number 21. I have not, get this, I need you to see this. I have not set sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they did what? Prophesied. He said, listen, I didn't send them. I didn't send them with flattering lips. I didn't send them with just a one-sided prophecy. I didn't send them where, where, where everything is always going to be, it's okay. 
do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. Operate the way your heart tells you. I did, he says, I did not send them. I haven't spoken to them. How do we know when, when, when we hear the voice of a prophetic word? It lines up with God's word. It lines up with who God said and what God said. It does not separate you from God's word. It does not conform to your sin. It does not conform to what your feelings are. He stands by his word. And he is the Bible says that he is faithful and just to perform his word. It said, yet they prophesied. Verse number 22 says this. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people, who peop his people, to hear my words, then they would have turned them from what? Their evil way and from the evil of their doing. I need somebody to, to type that out. When, I hear, when, when the prophets and the prophetic people of God hear God's voice, it would turn them away from their evil way and from the evil of their doing. He didn't just say that it's going to cause them to have a million dollar house. He didn't say that they're, they're without repentance that God is just blessing you uh, supernaturally. He did not say that just because uh, 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 just because you sat in church that God is automatically going to pay your rent. No, he said if they had heard my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way. But the problem is our society is trying to redefine what's evil. It's trying to redefine what's sin. It's trying to come into a mindset that if it makes you happy, do it. If, if we can get enough people to agree with it, we can change the law about it. Not just the law about it, but we can then change everybody who's against something about it. If I can find enough people that say lying is right, we can then turn lying into something that's beneficial. That's no longer a sin. If you can find enough people that say murder is right, then we can change the law from what murder is defined as. But the Bible said, if they had stood in my counsel, not nobody else's counsel, the godly counsel of God, and had caused my people to do what? Hear my words, not your own opinion, not your own thoughts, not your own standards, not your own measuring stick, but hear the words of God. Then they would have turned from their ways, from their evil way. And from their from the evil of their doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to set this so that you can see how we're going to teach, how we're going to preach, how we're going to uh, operate prophetically. It's not just about uh, 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 saying the word of prophecy or saying a prophetic word, but it's understanding the, pro uh, the, the prophetic in, in all areas. And hearing the voice of God and able to speak prophetically. Amen. Verse number 23 says, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off. He's saying, listen. I'm not a God that does not hear you. I'm right here with you. I'm walking with you. If you submit yourself to me, if my prophets would submit themselves to hear my voice, if you all would stop uh, uh, trying to agree with the world and agree with my word, I'm right here with you. I have not separated myself 
from you. Even while you're in your sin, I'm still here for you to come back to, for you to, re, for you to repent and, and draw closer to me. I'm not leaving you. The Bible says that even Jesus told God, he said, I've lost none of them except for the one for whom assignment had to be done. The son of perdition, Judas. The, the, he said, I didn't lose any of them. And we're even talking about Peter when Peter, uh, him knowing that Peter was going to forsake him. All the, the, the disciples who, who ran off while he was being nailed to a cross. He said, I haven't lost any of them except for one. He said, listen, am I a God near at hand? I'm right here. I'm personal with you. You don't have to worry about whether I'm listening to you. I'm telling you that I'm listening to you. But are you listening to me? That's what God is saying in this season. Are you listening to my voice? Do you even know what my voice sounds like? My voice does not have to be dressed up in a three-piece suit on Sunday morning. My voice does not have to have eloquent uh, dictation. My, my voice does not have to be always in front of a million people. My voice does not have to look like what you think it should look like. But are you willing to listen for God's voice? Verse number 24 says, can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him? God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. All places, has all power and all knowing. You cannot hide yourself from God, even in your mess. Even when we go back to Adam and Eve being in the garden, God knew when there was a disconnect. God called out to them so that they could know he was there. Not because God didn't know where they were, but so that they could know where God was. He said, says the, it says, so shall I not see him, says the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? His presence is all over. When you're in your sin, he's still watching. When you're in your best, he's still watching. When you need help, he's intently watching, waiting for you to open your mouth. He's God. There is none like him. He is I am. I am what? I am right here. I am with you. Lo, I'm with you always. Even until the end. He says nothing shall separate you from the love of God. If his love there, his presence is there. If his power is there, his presence is there. If his anointing is in your life, his presence is in your life. If his favor has been on your life, his presence is in your life. He said nothing shall separate them from the love of God. Not death, not life, not powers, not principalities. He said, nothing will separate me from you, but you got to accept who I am and that I am here with you. He said, do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord. Verse number 25 says this. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name. My God, somebody need to see this. Saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Uh, uh, uh. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Those who operate prophetically, be careful what you're saying. As we move forward, 
we are going to be very careful that we are prophesying the word of God, not the emotions of man. As we begin to operate prophetically and declare healing, declare deliverance, declare anointings, as we begin to speak the word of God, as we go into regions and take over regions for the kingdom of God, we have to be very mindful that we are paying very close attention to the voice of God. Not being quick to lay hands on, on someone. Praying and fasting. Submitting ourselves to the authority of God. Interceding with one another. Building up the foundation. I told you that we're rooted to grow. We're building up this foundation. And every piece, every person, every minstrel, every instrument, Every singer, every evangelist, every pro uh, prophetic person, every pastor, every teacher, every child, we have to put under the, uh, anoint, under the authority of God. Verse number 20 says this. Uh, matter of fact, I got 27. I need to go back and read this in whole. 26 says, how long will this be in the hearts of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own hearts. It goes on to say, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forget forgot my name for Baal. Yeah, he's saying, listen. The, 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 the false prophets, those who keep coming, who say they came in my name, that keep telling you to dream dreams or keep saying they dream dreams and telling you everything that's not lining up with the word of God, that's taking the name of God and trying to get you to forget about God as uh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah God, uh, not for, uh, wanting you to forget who God is and rely more on their prophecy. That's what God was saying at the time, that the prophet that the false prophets were calling people to rely more on their prophecy instead of seeking God. Because if, if the false prophet can get you to keep running to them, to keep giving them money, to keep coming to them, you become in bondage to them and the spirit that's operating in them and you release yourself from the authority of God. He said, as their fathers forgot the forgot my name, uh, forgot my name for Baal. The, 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 the Israelites, the, the children of Israel, when after they had got to a place where they felt like they had arrived, they began to worship other gods. Because they the other gods that they worshiped looked flattering. Uh, they made golden calves and golden statues, and they were amongst other people who uh, uh, who worshipped these gods and and, and worshipped these deities or, or or false gods. They worshipped all of these things because they were foreigners and they were aliens from other places that were mingling in with the people of God. And the people of God did not seem to be strong enough to stay the course with God, and so they began to forget the name of God. And they began to call on the name of Baal. They began to call on the name of Buddha. They began to hear people say, oh, uh, 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 there's the generic form of God. You don't have to say uh, the God of uh the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. Uh, uh, you don't. It's uh, as the, the the God of the Jehovah God. Excuse me. Um, you don't have to begin to call out His name. You can just say God, and 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 no matter who you submit yourself to, you'll still think you're talking to the same person. Yeah, that's that that's what the enemy is doing in this season, in this time right now. That he's causing uh, he's causing a lot of people to to separate themselves from God because it becomes uh they begin to call on this generic form of God and submit themselves to other gods. And so they forgot the name of God. Verse number 28 says this, the prophet, who, the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the shaft to the wheat, says the Lord? <laughs> he said, listen, 
Yeah, those prophets who keep saying that they having dreams, and but it's not backed up by my word. It does not. It's not confirmed by my word. I'll put that dream against what my prophets who are speaking my word in a due season, in a right season, in a season, in this season, they're speaking my word in season and out of season. Uh, they're continuously speaking my word. I'll put them up against that prophet who said he has a dream about you. Anytime. He said, uh, what is the shaft to the wheat? The wheat is the valuable thing. The word of God is valuable. Not something that can just simply be gathered up or just simply be manufactured, but the wheat that has grown. The substance, which is the word of God. The substance, which is the anointing of God, the power of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the design God has for your life. The power of God is the wheat. What his word says in his, in his scriptures, and what, what he's placed on your heart, the word that is on your heart, not the word that's in the world, not the word that's in a dream that tells you, that, that lines you with something that's not of God, but the word of God that is causing shift and change and transformations, that is causing you to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, that is causing you to be ye holy as God is holy, that is causing you to be, uh, to, to walk in righteousness, that is causing you not to just utter it on Sunday, but live it on Monday, that is causing you to see the errors of your ways, the sins in your life, and then not try to fix it yourself, but submit it to God for his word declares that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except by me. That's the word of God. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to that. Because it says, and he who has my word. <laughs> what does John 1 and 1 say? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word, mm, and the word became flesh. So it says, and he who has my word. See, this is prophetically speaking from Jeremiah, who was hundreds of years before Jesus Christ. He said, and he who has my word. What does he mean? Those who have received my word, those who have received Christ in your life, those who have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior have what? Have my word. He said, those who have my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Let him speak of Jesus Christ faithfully. Let him tell the story about Jesus dying on the cross and raised, being raised from the dead. Let him tell the word of who Christ is as the son of God. That he came without sin, that he came of the Virgin Mary, that he was born without sin, without blemish, that he was Christ, that he was God personified in the flesh, that he healed, that he walked on water, that he raised the dead, that he set the captives free. That when he got up out the grave, that even when he walked on the earth, because he was uh, he was raised from the dead, that the, the Bible declares that the dead were raised up as well, that they were walking around. The power of God. He said, my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the shaft to the wheat, says the Lord? Verse number 29 says, is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? What is the rock? The sin in your life, the transgressions in your life, those things that are against the plan of God for your life. He said, is not my word like a fire? Yeah, when we go to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in the fire, the word was in the furnace with them, and the word caused them not to be burned. The word caused them not to be harmed. Why? Because he said, it's not my word like 
like a fire. And it's because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had submitted themselves to God, when they were put in the fire, they were only put in the presence of the word. The presence of God. That's why when Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he saw four faces in there. And they were not burned. Because the presence of God, which is like fire, the word of God, which is like fire. He, he said, is it not my word like a fire, says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. Yet yeah, too long have we allowed our sins that we accept, the sins and the transgressions of our life, to, put this, to be this big boulder in our life. To be this boulder that we can't move. But God said, what you can't move, speak my word to. Somebody just missed that. Somebody would have caught that real quick. He said, speak my word to that thing that cannot be moved in your life. Speak my word to that season in your life where it seems like the enemy keeps flooding your life. Because he said when the enemy comes up, comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. The spirit of the Lord is the word of God. The spirit of the Lord is his, is his Holy Spirit hovering in the earth. The spirit of the Lord raises up a standard, but you got to be able to speak it. Yeah, it's an all-consuming fire. It's like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. Yeah, you think that your situation is hard, but speak the word to that thing. You think the sin that you've been struggling with for the last 50 years, the last 40 years, the last 30 years, the last 20 years, the last 10 years, you think that sin is so powerful and so major. I dare you begin to speak to that thing right now. Not your words, but what thus saith the Lord, that I shall live and not die, that I shall decree a thing and it shall be established, that I am the head and not the tail, that behold, my God said, I make all things new. Behold, I am a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, I am born again. Some of you need to come out of them strongholds you've been living in and declare, behold, I stand at the, when he stood at the doorway, he knocked and I opened and he came in and he supped with me. Behold, he made me new. And if he made me new, I'm not bound to what I used to do. I'm not bound to who I used to be. I'm not bound to the ways I used to act. I'm not bound to the ways I used to operate. If you begin to speak the word of God in your season, in your situation, when you're laying there and you, and you got tears coming out your eyes because it seems like you can't get it right, I dare you open up your mouth and if you can't say nothing, simply wave your hand and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. If you can't say I need you, just call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says at the name of Jesus, demons shall tremble. At the name of Jesus, yeah, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. At the name of Jesus. So you just open up your mouth and begin, and begin to declare Jesus. He said he's like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. I'm, I'm going to stop at verse number 30 for tonight. It says, therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words. Everyone from his neighbor. He said, those who have stolen my word, that means they've made God's word their own. They took God out of it and said, I said it. I dreamed it. Joseph told Pharaoh when Pharaoh needed someone to interpret a dream. Joseph said, no man can interpret the dream, but God can. Or tell you the dream that you had, but God can. When Nebuchadnezzar dreamed and Daniel told him, nobody can do it, but God can. See, that's the reverence and that's the honor 
for those that are walking, that are ready to walk in the prophetic. It's not you. It's not me. It's not the church service. But it's God who releases his word. It's God who releases his word. So my question to you is, are you ready for your next level? Are you ready to flow the way that God has called you to flow? We're building this foundation. We're building this foundation right now. I'm going to challenge you to read the next 10 verses over the next week until we get back to Bible study next week. But I need you to understand that as we walk as liberty, God releases, is releasing into the house a prophetic word that's going to break down strongholds, that's going to deliver his people, that's going to set the captives free that's going to heal the sick, that's going to be who God called us to be. And if God doesn't say it, we won't say it. Bow your heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this evening. We thank you, God, for this study. For your word declares to study to show thyself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. So God, as we, as we walk into this next level of being rooted to grow, God, reveal to your sons and your daughters. Reveal to us the mysteries of your word. God, remove, the, the, remove our own identity and place your identity into us. God, if you are releasing dreams, release dreams that we know come directly from you. The visions that you're releasing, they come from you. We don't speak unless you say speak. We honor you, we worship you, and we magnify your name. Now deposit into each and every last person this teaching, this word on this evening. Not that it falls on deaf ears, but it falls on fertile ground. It, it begins to produce seed right now. We ask you, God, to continue to bless us as we end out this week. God, touch every mother, touch every father, touch every mother, though, especially Right now, as we celebrate Mother's Day, let them know that they're not forgotten. We thank you, God, for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you've been. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we get ready to close, it's right, on, it's right at 830. If you want to be a blessing to liberty, and, and God has been, he's been dealing with me about this, but if you want to be a blessing to liberty, right now on the bottom of your screen, we're getting ready to start our sewing, our sewing campaign. There will be more information coming in a couple of weeks. But um, know that you're sewing on fertile ground. Know that uh, uh, if, you, if, you're, if God leads you to sow into this ministry, that he's not, you're not just sowing into liberty, but you're also sowing into what you're asking God to release into your life. Amen. So right now at the bottom of the screen, you see our text to give. It's an awesome way. If you text the word give to 667-222-3736 from your cell phone, any cell phone, it will give you instructions of how you can set up to give that way. Um, it's very secure. Um, it, it'll be your personal account, and all you do have, all you have to do is go there whenever you want to give. Um, just type the dollar value that you want to give, and it's automatic. Amen. Um, if you want to give by cash app, you can, uh, it's Liberty Church MD. Amen. Uh, if you want to go to our website, lccimd.org backslash give, uh, you can give that way as well. Um, I love you with the love of God. This is beginning to become, this is this season that we're in. God is just really blessing us right now. Um, I look forward to being with you next week uh, as we dive more into the prophetic. We're going to give some definitions. I'm also going to give you some scripture um, that you can take home next week um, as well. If you want to join us next week, once again, like I said, you can join us at 7842 Parston Drive in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Uh, Forestville, Maryland, excuse me, not Capitol Heights, Forestville, Maryland. Um, uh, 
Bible study starts at 7.30. As we begin to uh, assimilate back into buildings and, and coming back into fellowship with one another, we still are practicing social distancing. We are still asking you to wear your mask um, and, and take precautions. If you've taken the shot, I've taken my shot, um, and nothing has happened. Uh, if, you're, if you're still nervous about taking a shot, talk to somebody who's taking a shot. Everybody's reaction is not the same, but I can honestly say everybody that I've known that has taken a shot um, has recovered fully. Amen. Um, so I want to leave you, as always, live on purpose, live for purpose, for most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Go in peace. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, have a wonderful week. If you have any prayer requests, um, feel free to send, send them to us. Um, also, please do not forget, uh, if you have not signed up for our um, for our financial summit, our financial summit that are, that's going to be uh, May 15th, please do so. Please register um, as many people as you can. There's also a chance to win uh, a vacation. Um, everybody wants to get away right now. Everybody wants to do something. So there's an opportunity to win a vacation. Um, we're going to be doing these financial summits and seminars um, uh, very often we're going to try to work out something so that we can do something at least every month. Um, try to help people budget their money better, help people prepare for their future, uh, make sure that we're in position to leave an inheritance to our children's children's children. Amen. Um, get us out of debt. That's one of the number one reasons um, for death. Uh, a premature death is stress, stress about money, stress about family, stress about what you have, what you don't have. Um, stress, uh, and stress causes a, a, a very big amount of heart attacks, um, high blood pressure, diabetes. It causes a lot of things to happen to your body. And if we can lessen one area about that, I would love to. So, like I said, please sign up. We're also going to be having a wellness seminar coming very shortly. Amen. Um, talking about your health and how to eat better, how to put down those pork chops all the time. Amen. <laughs> but go in peace. I love you with the love of God. Be blessed and enjoy the rest of your day. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Amen. Amen.